What's going on, guys? Welcome back inside yet another episode of Big Easy in the Big Apple. It's your host, Chris Wozvogel. And for this episode, as always, we're going to do a preview of the upcoming game, which is a Monday night football showdown between the Saints and the Colts. Should be a good one. You have the Saints team coming off a loss, and usually good teams don't lose back-to-back games. So we're going to see if that theory holds true. And then you have a Colts team who has a lot of talent, but they've dealt with a plethora of injuries this year, and it's really hurt them. And they're reeling of late down to 6-7 and seven on the year, coming off a loss against the Bucks, two of the best offensive minds in football, Frank Wright and Sean Payton. Um, you have a great chance for Drew Brees to break yet another record, the all-time passing touchdowns record, which is cer- currently se- currently set at 539 with Peyton Manning. And the irony of Brees possibly breaking that record against the Colts, which is where Manning spent most of his Hall of, uh, future Hall of Fame career at, um, would be pretty great. And we've seen before Brees break records on prime time, we've seen him break Unitas' record for most touchdown passes in consecutive games. We've seen the single-season passing yard record that Dan Marino had broken on a Monday night football game. And last year, on Monday night, Saints, Redskins, Breeze broke the record for most passing yards in NFL history. Um, and, and that was just special as well. He passed Peyton Manning for that record, too. Um, so that's going to be fun. We're going to talk about what matchups uh, are going to be important what's going to be the key to victory in that one, um, and what injuries to focus on for the Saints in terms of looking at the report and seeing who's limited, who's full, who's you know out of practice for this week. And because it's a Monday game, there's no practice on Wednesday. It's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, and at the time of this recording, it's a Wednesday night. So reality is I don't have the injury report out there for you. I'll have a couple of updates on guys that were a little banged up from the Saints-Niners game. Um, but until then, it's still up in the air, but I will update you guys on Twitter, of course. So make sure you're following at Rose Vogel Report, R-O-S-V-O-G-L-O-U Report. Now let's get into it. Let's talk about the injuries that we know are a given and will affect this team moving forward. And it's Marcus Davenport and Sheldon Rankins, both put on season-ending injured reserve. Total, you know, mind, you know, if, not only does this totally just change how Dennis Allen's going to have to approach this defense, um, the timing of it, if you're you know you have so much faith in the Saints team and you think they could go all the way, and you still should feel that way, and I'll tell you why in just a little bit. It stinks because Marcus Davenport's having a tremendous second year. He's got six sacks, got 30 plus tackles, and not only is he coming on as a great pass rusher in his second year, you're seeing him at the line of scrimmage basically being unblockable. You can't move him, he's too big, uh, too quick. A guy that's 6'7", about 270, and the way he moves, it just shouldn't be possible, but he, it is. The concern here now is that's back-to-back seasons with a foot injury, and when you're big, the last thing you need is a foot injury, um, and when you have a repetitive history of it, that's going to be an issue, and I'm sure the Saints are worried about that, um, and we'll see what happens. The good thing is it wasn't an Achilles injury, and when you watch the injury, uh, the video of it, when it happened, 
it's non-contact. So the minute he goes down, you fear for the worst. You're like, did he blow out his Achilles? What happened? Now, a list Frank injury is nothing to play with. It's no joke. That's what Cam Newton's been dealing with, and we've seen how it derailed this season for him. But I think you gotta, you know, stay optimistic that Davenport will have a full um recover make a full recovery of enough time to be ready for OTAs um in May. And we'll see where he is in his third season. But it's just a tough blow because not only is he one of their better starters on the defensive side of the football, he's someone that you can play all three downs. And you can't really say that for someone like Trey Hendrickson who's going to replace him. Um, and you guys know how I feel about Trey as a football player. He's a great situational pass rusher. Um, he's got four sacks this year. We've seen him step up. Uh, and he plays every down like it's his last. There's no questions about his motor. But he's not Davenport. Now, that being said, this team has enough pieces, unlike years past, to keep the ball rolling when injuries hit them. Uh, and I know Davenport isn't the only one injured. The Saints are also going to be without Rankins, who shout out to John Hendricks. He broke the news on that. He was going on IR. Those two injuries hurt. And I'm not saying that the Saints are totally okay without Rankins and Davenport and doesn't matter because every injury matters. And when you lose two first-round guys on that defensive line, which is um, one of the deepest in the NFL, it's an issue. But if you remember what I just said, it's one of the deepest lines in the NFL. Every team's dealing with injuries. Injuries no longer can be an excuse for teams. Um, I hear team people say, you know, make excuses for teams like the Eagles that they have no receivers, people are hurt. No excuse. At the end of the day, it's next man up. And I know a lot of people don't like that cliche mentality, but it's the truth. There's 53 guys on the roster. One guy should not make or break your season. And we saw that earlier in the year with Drew Brees. Drew Brees went down, and everyone was quick to say the season's over. We're doomed. Pump the brakes. Relax. We saw Bridgewater come in, and he did just fine. Now, I know it's a different situation for every position, but don't tell me that Marcus Davenport is more valuable than a Drew Brees and that Sheldon Rankins is more valuable than a Kamara or a Jared Cook. They're both really good players. I am. I feel awful, especially for Rankins, who in a contract year has suffered another big injury. But the team has enough depth. You still have Cam Jordan. You have Hendrickson. You have Mario Edwards, Shai Tuttle, Malcolm Brown, David Onyemata. The list goes on, and they will continue to play well, in my opinion. They have enough guys. And now you're bringing in Noah Spence, and I know there's a little bit of uncertainty there. Not only might he, be, he might he be rusty, you have to worry about him getting up to speed with the playbook, and you also have to worry about a guy who is, hasn't played well since his rookie season a couple of years ago. That said, he's a former Buckeye. Maybe playing with a couple of Buckeyes um, on this team will help him mentality-wise, and, and, and maybe you get a nice little month of him going into the playoffs where he feels good. He's a nice speed rusher. He's got good bend around the corner. All I'm saying here is for people who are ready to write off the season because Davenport and Rankins are down, that's fine, but you're making a mistake. And I detailed it on Twitter, I believe it was Tuesday, all the injuries the Saints have dealt with this year. And I'm going to list it for you. And these players have missed at least one game, and for the most part, they've missed multiple games. Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Teron Armstead, Marshawn Lattimore, Trey Hendrickson, Sheldon Rankin, Zach Line, Alex Anzalone, Andrews Pete, Jared Cook, Kiko Alonso. AJ Klein, Deontay Harris, Traquan Smith, and Mario Edwards. All of those guys that I just listed missed multiple games this year. Armstead missed one, which is um, fortunate. But all those guys missed multiple games. And I know everyone's ready um, to say, oh, well, every injury is different. And I totally agree with that notion. But if the Saints are 10-3, and clinch the division, continue to show that they're a contender with all these injuries going down, we can't just say this one's going to be the straw that broke the camel's back. I don't think that's it. 
And the good thing is, although they're banged up, and I get it, they're going to get reinforcements. Klein's eventually coming back. Kiko Alonso might play on Monday Night Football against the Colts. Andrews Pete apparently is progressing really well from what I've heard, and they should have him back for the last week of the regular season. And who knows? You plug him in for the playoffs. You use him in a jumbo formation if you need to. You have your sixth offensive lineman. So you're getting some pieces back. I know you lose Anzalone for the year. You lose Rankins for the year. You lose Davenport. I get it. But this Saints team still has the necessary pieces to make a championship run. And the trade-off in all of this, while the defense is struggling, and I understand that, the offense found something on Sunday. And don't think for a second that was a fluke. That's going to carry over. If you play that well against the number one defense in football, expect that to carry over. Expect that to build momentum on that side. And I was a firm believer in day one, the minute that the Saints lost Breeze. The injury, if they can stay afloat, could be a blessing in disguise because in December, where he tailed off last year, you're going to see him refresh. You're going to see him revitalize. You're going to see that arm looking good and him making throws down the field, which is what we've seen the last couple of weeks. So I like where this offense is actually at. And I think the defense is going to come around. They had a bad game against the Niners. But you got to remember, one, they're going up against arguably the best team in the NFC. And two, they're going up against the best play caller in football right now, Kyle Shanahan. So it's not like giving up as many points as they did, which I know is bad, is a total embarrassment because you're better off giving those points up to the Niners in comparison to the Colts this Monday. Um, I think the defense will get right when they get Alonzo and Klein back. We'll realize that this defense isn't as bad as it was on Sunday. And although Davenport and Rankins will be out, expect them to shuffle the line and figure it out. Um, but I th- I do think for those ready to say the sky is falling in New Orleans, just pump the brakes. This team has no excuse. Injuries, put them to the side, keep the ball rolling, uh, and keep on pushing for a potential first round buy in the playoffs. Now, when we come out of the break, I'm going to talk about player statuses that will be huge for that Monday night clash for both sides, not just the Saints, the Colts as well. Um, what matchups are going to dictate who wins the game and give my prediction in what could be the 11th win of the season for the New Orleans Saints. All that coming up right after this message. What's going on, guys? We're back inside Big Easy in the Big Apple. Now let's talk about the Saints-Colts game that's going to be on Monday Night Football. And there's only one downside to playing on Monday Night Football. And that one downside is listening to Joe Tessitore and Booger McFarlane on the call. That's going to be brutal. I'm just telling you guys from now. You guys know I've been cracking jokes all season about Booger and Tessitore and how bad they've been. Uh, Well, now we're going to have to listen to them talking about the Saints. And I'm sure we're going to hear some ridiculous things um, like Booger mentioned. I don't know if people realize how good Michael Thomas is. Something dumb along that lines when everyone knows how good Michael Thomas is. I could totally see that happening. And I'm warning you guys from now that it's going to happen. But anyway, let's get into the actual game. What's going to matter here? Um, The injury report for both teams is huge. Not only do the Saints have to worry about whether or not they'll have Kiko Alonso, have um, AJ Klein for that game. And while if there's one that's going to come back sooner than the other, it sounds like Kiko's on the mend compared to uh, AJ Klein. Another injury is Jared Cook. Remember, Jared Cook suffered that concussion against the Niners in the first quarter on his second touchdown catch of the game. Now, Cook has really found a nice role in this Saints offense, and clearly Drew Brees trusts him, and he's become that second weapon to Michael Thomas that they need. And if you have Cook rolling and Thomas rolling, you have to think eventually Kamara gets out of this slump. 
well, now we have to worry about whether or not Cook's going to be in, and that's going to be a big deciding factor in this game. Not only is Jared Cook a mismatch because he's one of the fastest tight ends in football, he's got that big body, a great vertical, um, and now he doesn't catch that many great balls in traffic um, because you have to worry about him taking hits. When Drew throws it up there where only he can get it, I've, you've seen him make incredible catches. Um, the second touchdown pass he caught uh, against the Niners on Sunday was reminiscent of the throw Drew made to Dan Arnold in the NFC Championship game. I know, bad memories. Arnold dropped it. We saw how athletic Cook is where he could go up and get it. And Drew knows that. And Drew can make the perfect throw where only Cook can get it. And we're starting to see the chemistry between the two. It, you know, throughout training camp, we heard Cook's going to be a monster in this offense. And everyone was waiting for it to happen. And everyone was like, you know what? It's just not going to pan out. Is this another uh, Kobe Fleener situation? It's not at all. Cook at this point is already up to 523 receiving yards and six touchdowns. Um, just to let you guys know. His receptions are basically, not even basically, literally split in half from last year's Raiders team. He had 68 catches last year compared to 34 this year, but he had six touchdowns both seasons. So what the Saints are doing in a great way, uh, getting him involved in the red zone. And last year, the red zone offense struggled a lot. And a reason because of that was you take Michael Thomas out, who are you going to throw to? And now Drew's realized that, man, Cook can be a really big weapon when we get closer to the goal line. And they're using him in that way. And if they can have him against the Colts, I bet we'll see him have another touchdown. With the way he's playing, you have to think the Saints continue to go to the well. So hopefully for his case, he can play. And hopefully the concussion that he suffered um, is hopefully a mild case because I know those are a very serious matter to take care of. And Josh Hill had one early in the year. You don't want Cook to be out for a certain period of time because it's not only just a short-term issue, it's a long-term health issue. And you need to make sure the player's okay before everything. If he is available, though, and let's just say right now he might be because you play on a Monday. You have an extra day to get cleared through concussion protocol. Uh, have the, indi the individual uh, neurologist look at him. I think there's a chance he plays. I'm not going to guarantee anything because the matter of fact is we don't know until we see the injury report. But if he plays, I expect Cook to have another big game. And that's why it's important that he's ready. Let's look at the Colts, though. While the Saints could be without one of their best weapons, the Colts could be without their best weapon in T.Y. Hilton. Uh, he's missed the last couple of games with a calf issue. He's dealt with a calf injury, a quad injury, uh, you name it. And it's unfortunate because T.Y. Hilton is, in my opinion, one of the 12 to 15 best receivers in football. The downside, he's not always on the field. He's not durable enough anymore. His body's breaking down on him. He did tell reporters today uh, on this Wednesday that he's not giving up on the season. He's going to return at some point. The question is, at some point Monday night, he's not closing that gap. Uh, he said that he'll leave the window open for now. But I do think if T.Y. Hilton's not practicing by Friday, I don't think he's going to play. Um, and if he doesn't play, it's a huge break for the Saints because the Colts do have other weapons. Um, and, and I do think Frank Wright knows how to scheme guys open. But if you take T.Y. Hilton out of the equation, Marshawn Lattimore and Eli Apple should have a little bit easier of a time against those Colts receivers who aren't bad. But Paris Campbell, Marcus Johnson, and Zach Pascal aren't exactly going to scare you the way a guy like T.Y. Hilton would. Although Marcus Johnson did just torch the Tampa Bay secondary. So you do, you know, you never know in those situations. But the Colts have to worry about that. They also have to worry about Kenny Moore, um, one of their best defensive backs. He missed the Tampa Bay game and it showed a lot. Jameis Winston threw for 456 yards. Now, let me add the fact that Jameis Winston always throws for 456 yards because he throws two picks to start the game and puts his team in such a hole that they have to abandon the run with about two minutes left in the first quarter. But still, the secondary for the Colts got torched. 
And considering what we just saw the Saints do to the Niners, you have to think if the Colts don't have Kenny Moore and Malik Hooker still banged up, Drew Brees could pick apart this secondary. And on a, a night where he could break a record, we've seen what he what he can do in this type of circumstance. Um, so there is the potential for Drew to have a big night against the Colts. I'll get to that in a little bit. But one thing I really want to see more than anything, and it's the one matchup I'm really highlighting here, is how the Saints defensive line attacks the Colts O-line. And the reason being, the Colts have one of the best offensive lines in football. All those years where they got criticized because Andrew Luck took hits, well, they decided we're going to invest in the offensive line. They've done that uh, very well. I really like what they've built up front. It all starts with Quinton Nelson, who's in his second year. We already know what he can do. He's one of the best linemen in football. But Anthony Costanzo's been really good for them. Ryan Kelly's been good. Braden Smith's been really good as well. Um, They've built a very solid O-line. And for a Saints D-line that just lost Davenport and Rankins, this is a really good test. I can actually say, um, and I feel very confident about saying this, this is the best offensive line the Saints might face the rest of the year because one, they're healthy, and two, they're so physical, especially in the running game. And if the Saints can't establish their dominance in the trenches early, the Colts might be able to run that clock down and stick to their football, which is give Marlon Mack the ball 20 times, sprinkle in a little Naheem Hines, sprinkle in a little Jordan Wilkins, and all of a sudden, before you know it, you're in a 24-20 slugfest, which is what Indianapolis wants. Indy doesn't want to shoot at. We saw that on on Sunday. You get into a shootout with the Bucs, guess what? You're going to lose. You get into a shootout with the Saints, for the most part, you're going to lose. The Niners prove that you can win. They beat them 48-46. to But the Niners are a much better team than the Colts. And unlike the Colts, the Niners are more than okay with throwing the football. The Colts don't want to throw it around the park. Um, and, and that's why this is a big test. If the Saints... From the get-go, say we're going to stop the run and force you to beat us over the top. I know that sounds scary for Saints fans because they've seen their DBs get burnt. Shout out to Marcus Williams and Eli Apple. You want them to do that. you rather Brissett throw than the Colts just turn around, hand it to Marlon Mack, and let him go to work. That's probably the worst-case scenario for the Saints. So that's something I want to watch. How does the D-line that's banged up attack a really healthy O-line, one of the most physical O-lines in football in Indianapolis? And the second thing that I think is super important is Alvin Kamara versus Darius Leonard. Now, I'm not saying we're going to see a bunch of one-on-one matchups in this game, but you have one of the most elusive running backs, or at least used to be one of the most elusive running backs, versus the most athletic linebacker, for my money, in the NFL, in Darius Leonard. There's a reason that people are just obsessed with the way he plays football. He's one of the most athletic linebackers in the business. Um, He can make plays in the passing game, in the running game, and Indy knows what he's all about. He, you know, he missed a lot of time this year with a concussion, and yet he still got 92 tackles, five sacks, and four interceptions, with one of them being a pick six. He had a pick six last week, I believe. That's when it came. Um, and the year before, defensive rookie of the year, what else can be said? 160-plus tackles, seven sacks, two picks. The guy is an amazing football player. Alvin Kamara has struggled this season. I said last week, uh, last episode, excuse me, my biggest thing here is that he's not hurt. It's a confidence issue. Sean Payton needs to find a couple of plays early in this game, scheme it up where Kamara is going to be out in space and let him go to work. Too many times the Saints are dumping into Kamara three yards behind the line of scrimmage and telling him to make a man miss. And although he used to do that, it's not happening right now. So instead, Kamara's losing three yards, losing three yards, gain seven yards, lose three yards. And all of a sudden, you want to know why one of your best players is not engaged in this game It's because you're not putting him in a position to succeed. So I'm challenging Sean Payton in a sense to say put Kamara in a position to succeed. And 
I get it. We shouldn't be at this point where we need them to baby Alvin Kamara and make sure the game plans cater to him. But damn, he's one of their best football players. And the fact that he, is, has, he hasn't scored since week three is not only an indictment on him, it shows that the coaching staff simply isn't going out of their way to put him in the best spot. Now, the problem, when Sean Payton really needs AK, he doesn't realize it until the second half. And my point is, do you remember that Carolina game? We're all watching it. AK did nothing. And all of a sudden, second half, this game's getting close, and Sean Payton says, I got to get the ball in 41's hands. And he finishes with over 100 scrimmage yards in the second half. Why can't you do that early? Get Kamara involved. Let him get the momentum up. Let him get his confidence up. Let him talk. Let him do whatever he wants. At the end of the day, get him in a nice position. If he sees one go in, and by that I mean if he scores a touchdown in this game, you're going to see that carry over for the rest of the season. I'm not kidding. There's a reason he's frustrated right now. The man hasn't scored since September. Any player would. Um, you know, we could all talk about how hard Mike works, and Mike Michael Thomas is, in my opinion, pound for pound, the hardest work in the NFL. He gets his opportunities. He knows 15, 12 to 15 times a game, he's going to get a chance to score, or he's going to get a chance to make a big play, and he loves it. And that's going to keep him engaged from the moment. And when he doesn't get the ball, he knows, let me work hard so Sean can get me in that position. Alvin's not at that point right now. And they're going to need to get in the football. And it's going to be tough, though, because the Colts aren't dumb. They know that the Saints are going to want to get Kamara involved, but they have the linebackers and the safeties to potentially thwart that plan um, on Monday. But I'm really intrigued in seeing that. And I know you guys think I'm covering up for Kamara and all that, but I really do think it's a it's a mentality issue right now. When your mindset's not focused and and you, you're approaching this game where, like, if I don't get the right touches in, in quarter one, I'm out for the game, it affects you. And I know it sounds crazy, but it's honestly a true thing. And there's no way a guy as good as Alvin Kamara, who's been one of the best running backs in football the last three years, for some reason after week three just dipped off. It doesn't happen. Um, remember this, because a lot of people are wondering, did the Saints rush him back from his, from an injury? The Saints didn't rush back any player from an injury this year. They let them take their time. Let Cook take their time. You want to say Breeze rushed back from injury? Okay, but that's a scenario where the Saints couldn't tell him no. You want to tell Drew Breeze he can't play football? It's not going to happen. Um, everyone else though, that has gotten injured this year, the saints said, take your time and, and we'll, we'll take you and welcome you back when you're ready. They didn't rush Alvin. Alvin had four weeks to heal from an ankle injury. That's more than enough time. Um, and there are plays where he makes nasty cutbacks and he looks good. But then you realize when you're just giving him swing passes, like he's Travaris cadet, that's why he's not engaged. Get him involved in the screen game. Get him out in open space. Put him in the slot a couple plays if you have to. Let him go to work with a little angle route or an option route and make plays down the sidelines. I don't care if Alvin doesn't want to get hit. He never wanted to get hit. Um, first two years, if he had a chance to go out of bounds, he'll go out of bounds. And that's fine because you don't want him taking hits anyway. But get him in space. Sean Payton, that's on you. Get that done. Now, last thing I want to talk about real quick before I end this episode is just Drew Brees and the fact that he has a chance to break yet another record, one of those records for the ages. Um, it's not a surprise at this point. We've all been watching Drew forever. And the only thing I can say to it is just a testament to how great he is. Um, while the Patriots are 10 and three, just like the saints, the whole question is why is Tom Brady struggling right now? What's going on? Who's to blame? And now media won't put it all on TB 12 because they love him too much. They respect him too much. And I get it. He's a six time champion. He's arguably the goat. Why is Brady struggling right now? While Drew Brees just come, he's coming fresh off a six touchdown performance against the best team in the NFL. Um, that's a good question. And the reality is Drew at this point in his career is a much better quarterback and it's not close. And I know Brady's right there on the all-time passing touchdowns record. And if he never retires like he plans to, then maybe he'll be number one someday. But on Monday, depending on where Brady is after that Patriots-Bengals game, 
Drew's going to have a chance to break that record, and he needs three passing touchdowns to get it. I know the Colts are a good team. I know the Colts are a resilient bunch, so don't expect them to just lay down and get a beat down on Monday Night Football. But I think Drew's going to get that record, um, and I think because of that, it's one of those games where, you know, last year everyone said it has that feeling where this is the Saints' year. You might get that feeling back. That feeling doesn't mean anything because we all thought it was the Saints' year last season, and we saw how it ended. It didn't end the way you wanted to. Um, but I think you're going to get that magic back. The Saints are coming off a tough loss, and it stinks because the you know if you look at it, that no, that loss to San Francisco might cost them the one seed. But this team still has three games left. There's still a lot to play for. There's still a chance at a first round bye. And Monday night, the luxury that they have is that they know what's at stake. You're going to watch all the action unfold on Sunday, and some teams might lose. Maybe the Packers lose to the Bears. Maybe the Panthers beat the Seahawks. You don't know. There could be teams up there in the NFC standings that go down into the loss column, and the Saints have a chance to move up, and they'll know what's at stake, and they're going to be highly motivated, and Sean Payton is going to be highly motivated coming off that loss to bounce back in their last home game of the season until the playoffs, obviously. Um, So I think it's going to be high energy. The crowd's going to be pumped. And Drew is going to break one of those all-time great records that after that performance is over, you're going to be thinking, where do we rank him all-time? Now, you guys know my opinion. I think he's top five, arguably top three all-time because, one, he's a statistical machine, and two, got to look at all the numbers and the losses. When he loses the game, he's not on the field losing the game. It's a defense costing him, and you got to take that into account. It's a team sport. Um, If wins were all that mattered, then, yeah, Brady's your guy. Um, but then maybe Terry Bradshaw's second and Montana's second and Bradshaw's third, whatever it is. Um, there's a lot that goes into it. But anyway, I think it's going to be a nice game for the Saints, um, a really good quality opponent, but a nice opponent where you can have that bounce back game. What would have been brutal for the Saints was playing the Titans on Monday Night Football who are streaking right now. You get the Colts, get your momentum uh, and mojo back, and we'll see where that takes them from there. But I have the Saints winning 34-24. I think Drew Brees throws four touchdown passes. In this one, I'm going to say Kamara gets in the end zone finally. Let's just go with that. I say AK gets in the end zone. Drew Brees breaks the record. Um, and it's going to be a nice day in New Orleans for him. And like I said, only downside is listening to one Booger McFarlane. But anyway, guys, that's going to do it for this episode of Big Easy in the Big App. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. Stay tuned for content and stay tuned for updates on those injuries like Kiko Alonzo, AJ Klein, and Jared Cook. Um, but that's going to do it. Hope you enjoy the rest of your week and hopefully Drew Brees shatters the record for all time passing touchdowns on Monday night football.